This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on Tuesday afternoon, February 13th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The owner of Old Orchard, the shopping mall in Skokie, adding apartments to the mix. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the latest gauge of inflation, the Consumer Price Index, is out today. Let's break it down with the help of Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh. Gus, thank you for joining us today. At first blush. When you look at the latest consumer price index reading for the month of January, Gus, you'd think that things are headed in the right direction. 3.1% in January on a 12-month basis, down from 3.4% in December. But this was ahead of analysts' expectations, and that set off all sorts of angst in the markets today. Uh, that that's right, and in particular, you know, we saw uh, an acceleration in what we call core inflation, which excludes volatile food and energy prices. So, uh, on a month-to-month uh, basis, that was the the strongest increase in in almost a year. Uh, it was flat on a year-over-year basis, and, and the Fed pays more attention to core inflation, and that uh, you know the the fact that we saw reacceleration there is a concern from the Fed standpoint. And what were some of the drivers in the uh, core CPI figure? The, the big thing is what we call shelter. So uh, that includes both rents, but also the cost of home ownership for people who own their own homes. Uh, that has been very strong lately. That picked up again in January. Uh, and the Fed wants to meet, see a more significant slowing there. And then generally just services inflation tends to be strong right now. Uh, we have strong wage growth. That's leading service providers to raise their prices. And so the tight labor market is a concern for the Fed in early 2024. And on- on the good side of the equation, the goods inflation that was uh, the real source of trouble several years ago appears to be in the rearview mirror. It's all on the services side right now, and that lends credence to the Fed's uh, strategy announced earlier this week that they are going to hold off on interest rate cuts or even talking about it until they see that deceleration uh, migrate from the good side of the services side. That's correct. I mean, obviously, supply chains have largely healed. Uh, We've seen goods demand stabilize after a surge following the pandemic. Uh, But now consumers are buying a lot of services. The labor market is tight. That's pushing up wages. So the inflation that is taking place is on the services side. And we actually saw uh, goods prices generally decline in January from December. We're talking to Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh, breaking down the January Consumer Price Index report. Of course, uh, this is one data point of many. We still have the uh, Producer Price Index report that's coming out uh, later this week. And then, of course, uh, the the Fed's preferred inflation gauge, uh, that comes out later on. 
Uh, that's right. That's on February 29th. Uh, what we tend to see, the Fed uses what's called the personal consumption expenditures price index. That t tends to run a little bit more slowly than the CPI. Uh, but even if, by that measure, inflation is still well above the Federal Reserve's 2% objective. So they do want to see a more significant slowing there before they start to cut interest rates, which I expect is going to take place sometime in the you know in the spring of 2024 and then when we talk about uh, the, the the increasing cost for shelter I mean the rent is one component as you mentioned but also the cost of home ownership so are we talking about um, your mortgage if you are a homeowner uh, plus uh, related expenses and that may be getting more expensive uh, home repair and maintenance? Uh, it, it's complicated, but uh, what the Bureau of Labor Statistics tries to do is what it would cost to rent your home to yourself. Uh, so that's based on market rents. The good news is, is that we do see a bit of loosening in market rents, but it takes some time for those lower costs to work their way into the CPI numbers. So I do expect that we'll see a slowing in that what we call the shelter component of CPI later this year. Gus Fauché, Chief Economist, PNC Financial Services in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, a popular suburban mall reveals its latest makeover plans. Money talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The redevelopment of Old Orchard Shopping Mall continues with the announcement of a major apartment project at the shopping center in Skokie. Let's get the details from Stephen Floor, Senior Vice President of Development at Unibuy Rodamco Westfield, based in Chicago. Stephen, thank you for joining us today. And Old Orchard is not the only shopping mall in your company's portfolio that is looking to luxury apartments as one way to uh, reimagine uh, what the shopping mall can be and will be as we uh, enter the second quarter of the 21st century. That's absolutely right, Rob. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, so this focus, and of course, uh, you know, the, the announcement that we have today in Chicago, you know, announcing Focus as our co-developer is the latest step that we're taking in creating our new destinations, so to speak. You know, uh, as we plan the future of our flagship destinations, of which Old Orchard is, and uh, we have uh, a dozen across the country that are all following this example, it's really about the primacy of experience and adding apartments and adding additional uses uh, to really create these new villages, these new town centers, uh, really is the way that we're going to be making our flagship retail destinations even stronger than they are today. And where will the uh, apartment uh, building uh, be on the Old Orchard Complex? Yeah, so the, the building, uh, we're going to start on the north side of the mall. So where Bloomingdale's uh, used to be, you know, we worked with our retail partners at Bloomingdale's, moved them into their new uh, concepts uh, on the south side of the center. Um, we're going to take down that Bloomingdale's building, the parcel next to it. We have two buildings going up. It's about 400 apartments, um, multifamily apartments, you know, studios up to three bedrooms, including maisonettes. Uh, in that area, we also get to introduce uh, our new town green experience as well. Um, you know, the part of creating these places is beyond just the buildings. Um, so as we as we focus on the redevelopment for this north side of the mall, we're going to take what 
our customer loves about the mall today, the natural environment, the walkability. And we're really going to expand on that concept to make it much more village-like. We're talking to Stephen Floor, Senior Vice President of Development for Unibuy Rodamco Westfield about the redevelopment at Old Orchard Mall in Skokie. And and obviously the COVID-19 pandemic accelerated a lot of of of, of existing trends when it came to uh, uh, the evolution of retail. And what was kind of the prevailing thinking about, you know, wh- how can we reinvent the shopping mall prior to COVID-19? Because it was obvious that you'd see a lot of disruption uh, from online shopping uh, well before 2020. And uh, was apartment development uh, one of the ideas that was on the shelf? It was. You know, in the mall environment, particularly the, the really vibrant malls, uh, the ability to make changes to them is a long-term process. So we, we have been at this for some time, uh, working with our retail partners, particularly the department stores, um, who co-developed these sites, you know, decades and decades ago. Uh, and we have an alignment division on these. And uh, even, you know, pre-COVID, we had this vision of adding this density to the site, adding this mix of uses uh, to, to really help enhance the retail destination that it is. And make it a place that people can not just, you know, shop and dine and be entertained, but also to live and to work. You know, we really wanted to round out the experience. Old Orchard is an outdoor shopping center. And uh, even now, and of course, uh, even five years ago or six years ago, uh, you had that outdoor Main Street type feeling, even as you were strolling through the retail space. Does that mean because it's an outdoor mall, it's a lot easier to make that transition compared to, say, a facility that was entirely enclosed? Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, Old Orchard is a very unique place. Uh, as, as we talk about our projects around the country, uh, people in other parts of the country are often shocked to hear that Old Orchard's an outdoor center in Chicago. Uh, of course, we all know that the Chicagoans are hardy, uh, and, and they do love the experience at Old Orchard. Uh, blending the experience certainly is a little bit easier in that regard uh, because we're, we're already offering, as you pointed out, this kind of great pedestrian Main Street kind of feel. Uh, so adding this experience onto the north end of the mall really is going to be a lot more seamless here. And then lastly, uh, when we're talking about uh, redevelopment plans for the uh, for, for the shopping center, um, at the same time, though, I mean, the, the, the mall, at least at the holiday time, is still vibrant. It's, it's alive and well. And the one thing I've noticed is that uh, some malls have completely cleared out and they're, they're basically they're, they're going to be repurposed into something else entirely. But the existing shopping mall facilities, especially around uh, high traffic times like December, uh, are bursting at the seams. And in some cases, you have a hard time finding a parking space. Uh, is that going to change uh, the thinking about the long-term viability of shopping malls? Like, yes, they are still attractive retail spaces too. They're definitely attractive retail spaces, and there's different categories of malls. But when you focus on Old Orchard as a flagship retail destination, there is a a uh, a moved quality, maybe is the best way to put it, uh, that as retailers know that they don't need as many locations, they're looking for the best locations to be. Uh, we know that Old Orchard is that, you know, as we continue to reinvest and, and reinvent the experience at Old Orchard, uh, it's very attractive to the retail community. Uh, we've opened up a lot of new tenants this last year. We have a whole bunch that are opening up this year. And we really can't forget the core of what we've been known for for decades, which is the best retail entertainment dining location on the North Shore. And the retailers react to that. They, they know they love this vision uh, of bringing people here to live as well. Because uh, they know it rounds out their ability to attract more and more customers to the site. 
Stephen Floor, Senior Vice President of Development for Unibuy Rodamco in Chicago, talking about the redevelopment of Old Orchard. Coming up next, navigating a romantic relationship in the workplace. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Romantic relationships that blossom in the workplace are more common than many people think, but they can also create problems. Let's discuss the dangers with Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern in Chicago. Rick, thank you for joining us today. And throughout my professional life, uh, I have been told repeatedly that uh, a workplace uh, relationship is probably just not worth the trouble. It's a lot more complicated than many people think, but... But at the same time, you spend more time with your coworkers than maybe a lot of other people in your life. So office relationships do seem inevitable. So what are some good rules of thumb uh, if you find yourself uh, <laughs> uh, going beyond uh, being coworkers, as uh, my legendary uh, broadcaster Ron Burgundy once said, and uh, becoming co-people? Well, you you skipped the part where you where whether you followed the advice or not, but we'll save that for another time. I did. I, I followed the advice, by the way, uh, Mrs. Hart. Uh, we did not work together. <laughs> it's such a complex issue, and and so you have so many variables. The problem with for the employer is when you begin to make policies about what is acceptable, they there's no variability in them. They have to be enforced. And I will tell you that years ago, I had a client who one employee uh, was uh, was promoted into another department and it turned out their spouse had the same area and then she left for another company. So they both had to leave because you couldn't have two people working on the same product when they were direct competitors of each other. It's And that's just an example of how complicated it can be. People are attracted based on common beliefs, interests, trust, emotional connection, goals. That's a lot of that stuff gets developed, whether it's real or not, in a work environment. Uh, back to your point, though, if the, the, the absolute no-go zone is when you have a, a, a disparate connection in seniority, a boss and a subordinate, that's absolutely the worst possible thing that could happen. Even if nothing is untoward, 
the perception of that, particularly if you're a publicly traded company, is an absolute nightmare for you. You're going to, this is just not worth it. You'd be better off one of the people leaving the company first if you were seriously interested. The 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 work from home environment has has thrown another curve, and I don't think anybody's really paying attention to yet. How do you enforce a policy if you don't even if you're not even exposed to the fact that two people are dating because they both work remotely? And does that matter? You know, what you're worried about is uh, the perception at work that someone thinks uh, there's a conflict of interest. That when there is strife or disruption in a relationship, it affects two people instead of one. There's a huge loss of productivity uh, by one employee, or ultimately, as I indicated earlier, you could lose one or both employees as employees because of of a breakup. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is there's no clean answer. What is the company's policy? What is their culture? What is the risk to the company? Publicly traded companies have a higher uh, risk exposure. Uh, privately held companies, smaller companies have less but the subordinate, uh, superior subordinate relationship is one that everybody always just make real clear that you can't do that. And then very quickly, Rick, you talk about. Uh, I mean, we. I, I have seen office relationships turn into uh, happily ever after situations, and I'm sure you have as well. But what happens if that relationship goes south? Uh, does one person leave, or do both people leave the organization? Again, that's it's a subjective issue. Uh, can those two people? You know, there's a good guess. You know, I don't know. Perhaps somebody's smart enough to say you have to have an you have to take an aptitude test about how this is going to work. There's a new term out there now called a situationship, new to me anyway, uh, where you you both go in agreeing this is nothing serious. But uh, my observation about people who enter those is one person, if not both of them, uh, treated a lot more seriously than they thought they would. So how do you make a commitment up front that this isn't going to go anywhere, or if we don't get along at some point? I'll be okay with that and still still able to work. I don't see any way to create any sort of written document that has a chance in the world of being supported or holding up. Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, planning a trip to enhance a high school graduation. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The city of Chicago is set to end the use of a gunshot detection system. A massive foreign aid package clears the Senate, but it may not make it to President Biden's desk. It's Travel Tuesday. Graduation can be a great occasion to inspire a family vacation. Tiger Woods launches an apparel partnership with TaylorMade following decades with Nike. Business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 552 points. The Nasdaq is down 259. The S&P 500 is down 67. 36 degrees right now at O'Hare. Under partly sunny skies at 1231, topping our news at the half hour. Mayor Johnson is expected to announce today that he won't renew the city's often debated contract with the gunshot detection company ShotSpotter, according to the Sun-Times. 29th Ward Alderman Chris Taliaferro, a former Chicago police officer who chairs the City Council Police Committee, has been, to- has been told that the deal would be extended until September and then ended. That would keep the technology in place through summer, including during the Democratic National Convention.
A $95 billion foreign aid bill has cleared the Senate. CBS News correspondent Nicole Killian reports the long-awaited bill faces an uncertain future in the House. Speaker Johnson made clear in a statement last night ahead of this vote that he believes that this package does not meet the moment because it doesn't take up border security, which again was stripped out of this package because Republicans didn't accept it. So again, that is why you heard a leader Schumer there be very stern in saying, look, we really need you to take this up. Ukraine needs the money. We need to move forward on this. But again, now the ball is in Speaker Johnson's court. The vote was 74, 29 against, 22 Republican senators joining Democrats in passing it. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are in the red today. Let's take a look at the markets with Matt Shapiro, President, MWS, MWS Capital in Chicago. Matt, thank you for joining us today. Uh, the Dow currently down 543 points. The NASDAQ is down 254. S&P 500 down 66. This can't all be just angst from that consumer price index report, can it? Well, of course it is, um, although the market had really raced up so high, uh, hit 5,000. And you would expect, Rob, that there'll be some sort of uh, news or, you know, a, a CPI that was hotter than expected, uh, placing the Fed on hold uh, for, you know, further than people thought. Interest rates jumping significantly, the 10-year um, up quite a bit, and uh, you know, just frustrating investors. One would think there'd be a pullback with that kind of news. Was the broader market uh, overvalued uh, last week into yesterday? And it seems like uh, the CPI print from this morning is a good excuse, as you say, to kind of pull back just a tad. It is, although, you know, NVIDIA was actually, which is up 50% this year, uh, was actually up uh, part of the day. Um, you know, there's a couple things going on in the stock market, Rob, where everyone knows these big, large super companies have been commanding all the attention. A lot of them, uh, Microsoft, Amazon, doing so well, have pushed the market to 5,000, but the average stock hasn't done so great, and that's going to take time. So when you have a day like this and just everything sort of just washes out into the red, and you know, it's going to take time uh, for better news on inflation, better news on interest rates. Um, you know, third year in a row, we've had interest rates had a hot start to the year. So it's going to require more patience. Um, we'll see uh, if the S&P 500 holds this level or it's going to want to bang around between here and 4,900 in the near term. I was going to say, I mean, even with the Dow down 500 points today, 500 plus, uh, it's still above 38,000 uh, so far. So it's still uh, at a pretty high altitude, uh, even with the sell-off today. Yeah, I mean, stocks are doing great. Earnings were excellent by some measures, up 9% year over year. Uh, so the outlook is very good. But, you know, we're still in this stubborn two and a half years of the pandemic inflation, which of course was an acceptable cost of the emergency of, uh, of the pandemic. But, you know, it's just going to take time and patience. Not every stock is the super stock, but look at a, a basic company like uh, Waste Management today, up 5% on just absolutely outstanding earnings. So there are stocks out there that are doing well and will continue to do well. Um, but, you know, the market can always have a bad day. 
And and one other potential thing that could be driving this bad day, it seems like that the, there was the realization with the consumer price index uh, report uh, figure from this morning that uh, that sliver of hope, that little piece of daylight that maybe the Fed would cut in March, uh, they, they they slammed the door on that entirely, and that maybe uh, if there are cuts, they will come later in the year and even beyond the spring, beyond May or July. Right. And I mean, you know, March was already off the table. Remember that 60 Minutes interview with Jerome Powell, where, you know, Scott Pelley did say the Fed is expected to potentially cut rates in June. So that was already pushed back. So now people feel pushed back more. Uh, and that's, you know, coming into the election. So it kind of just throws everything into doubt. That said, the average stock has done well on earnings. We have the super companies. The market has done well, set this high watermark of 5,000. It's a lot of good fundamentals. But, you know, like every year of investments, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be pullbacks and corrections. Matt Shapiro, President, MWS Capital in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Up next in Travel Tuesday, turning a graduation into a reason for a family vacation. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Travel Tuesday, and this afternoon we're discussing planning a vacation in celebration of a graduation. We welcome in Angie Rice, co-founder, Boutique Travel Advisors, based in Scottsdale. The website, TravelBTA.com. Angie, thank you for joining us today. And what is the most common form of a... First off, does this happen very often? Do you get a lot of phone calls from people saying that we have a child graduating from high school, we want to uh, uh, celebrate uh, in, in a big way, and, and we want to do that by going on a big trip? It's very common. And I think it's a little bit tied to the fact that mom and dad are going to miss that child. And so they want to capture as much time together as possible. And what are some of the most common forms of, of, the, of the big graduation trip? Is it renting a vacation home and staying there for a couple of weeks? Or is it uh, the grand tour of some continent? It's a mix, actually. I would say families that have a nostalgic memory oftentimes want to repeat that memory. So, for example, if a family loves to cruise or Disney has been a popular vacation for the family over the years, they might want to repeat that. And then we also see families wanting to do a vacation that is a little bit more on the mature side. So if our child is going off to to college, maybe this is the first family trip to Europe. And then there's that bucket list trip that maybe the family has been intending to do, and maybe the pandemic delayed it. And in that category, I would say a big trip such as a safari is popular. And at the same time, families that really haven't seen the United States and They really kind of look back and say, wow, all these years we didn't explore the national parks. That's also a very popular graduation gift. Now, you are running smack dab into peak travel time because uh, the child graduates from college in May or June, and then they're off to school sometime in late August. So you have June and July and early August to get this trip in, and that's usually when you're paying uh, peak prices. Correct. And these kids oftentimes are going off to college by August, and the expense of college is also weighing on parents' minds. But I would say that best time to go is just right after they graduate, because there's that little window, end of May, early June, where it's more affordable. And if this trip is going to be planned for a college grad, a lot of times the college kids get out two, three weeks earlier. So you've got a little bit of window to enjoy pricing that's not quite as high. Plus, we're trying to avoid 
the, the dead heat of summer. So Europe gets really, really hot. And this summer we have the Olympics. So if you're looking to go to Europe, you'll have much more cooler temperatures in May and into early June and probably better pricing. And on top, and in one of the ways you can save money instead of flying, and if you want to enjoy and treasure the remaining time you have before your child leaves the nest, why not drive to your destination? I think it's a great idea. It's that time together. And sometimes that downtime is when you really appreciate and your child who maybe as a teenager didn't open up as often is ready to kind of share some insight. And it's dad, mom, your time to really probe into your child's life and what they're anticipating for the coming year. What do they want to do when they um, go off to college? And it is, it's definitely those long flights, even those layovers and that time by car can be really enjoyed. And you know what, if cost is an issue, most kids are going to need that credit card when they go off to, to college, it might be an opportunity to take advantage of some of the reward points that accompany a new credit card and also traveling with other families. Maybe it's an opportunity. Your kids had really close friends. You can all travel together, whether that's, you know, renting a house that oftentimes is more affordable or going to an all-inclusive vacation where you can anticipate ahead of time what the total spend is going to be. Angie Rice, co-founder of Boutique Travel Advisors based in Scottsdale. Thank you for joining us today. Find her online at TravelBTA.com. Your best stock option. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Tiger Woods launching a new apparel partnership after a 27-year relationship with Nike. Let's get the details from Bob Fibb, CEO of The Retail Doctor in New York. Bob, thank you for joining us today. And before we talk about the new deal with TaylorMade, the uh, longtime golf equipment manufacturer, uh, what did Tiger Woods mean to Nike and specifically Nike Golf? Well, he was the face of a whole new direction for Nike. And um, again, you go back 27 years, he's in his 20s. He was just getting going. But what a lot of people don't see in this announcement was Nike wanted to get out of golf before the pandemic. And of course, since the pandemic, um, things have picked up again for golf. So timing might have been a law for Nike, but it's an exciting time, right? And then, I mean, this was a relationship that was uh, above and beyond sponsor and athlete. I mean, uh, not to belabor the point about Nike, but it's not every sponsor uh, that comes out with a commercial uh, that says, I've learned my lesson following an embarrassing personal scandal, as we saw 15 years ago when uh, Nike produced that spot with uh, the voice of Earl Wood saying, uh, did you learn something after Tiger's sex scandal in 2009? Yeah, well, but that's the power of the brand, isn't it? It's an amazing brand. And um, I think that regeneration, that idea of you get another fresh start, I think has been captured in his brand. And look, we're still talking about him. And um, the logo of the new, um, what is it, Sunday Red is uh, like a little um, logo with 15 of his wins of what forms the part of the logo so he said if i if i win my 16th i'll have to redesign the logo i mean who can't like that right i mean tyler tiger woods is no longer you know the the superstar he once was um but he's still easily one of the biggest names in golf he is probably a golfer that even uh, a person who's never even been to a golf course or even watched the movie happy gilmore they know who tiger woods is so what does that level of celebrity what does that bring to taylor made well, Taylor Made is at the top of the form, and let's face it, 
with Nike getting out of a 27-year agreement, um, it gives them entry into a whole new way of going after families because they're going to go after women. They're going to go after kids with footwear and clothing. And let's face it, there's an awful lot of direct-to-consumer uh, companies out there saying, oh, we've got a new fabric, we've got this and this, but we're still going to trust the one that looks like somebody we know. And for that reason, we follow a Tiger Woods or Dolly Parton, whoever it is, because that's a known commodity and we trust them. And that's the best of all possible worlds for a retailer. And then what does this mean on top for TaylorMade is for their ability to uh, attract other superstars to their brand? I mean, it, it, if if they have Tiger Woods in the stable and you're getting an offer from them, are you more likely to take it? Well, I think so. But quite simply, this is such a big um Big announcement for them. They're going to have their hands full for the next year or two. They don't need a stable like Nike needed worldwide. They've got Tiger. And quite simply, anyone else is going to be who? So it's great news. Yeah, if you can say... Like Jack Nicholas when we were kids. If you could say uh, we've got Tiger, I mean, really, that's that that is the power of the name and the brand and and what he brings to the table. Bob Fibb, CEO of the Retail Doctor in New York, thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.